I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. I should be really introducing you to the show and telling you what my name is and all that stuff. But I figure you clicked on the show. You must have some idea what you're listening to and who. So why? Why? Let's just pretend like we're just starting a really lengthy phone conversation. Do you remember when people used to talk on the phone? I do. I do remember. I do. I remember the, the time before texting when you had to call people even if you didn't really want to talk to them. Hmm. I'm not saying things are worse now. I think they're kind of better now. I do like the text. It's, a, it's an important feature of the phone, I think. Anyway, so it's you and me and we're here again. And this is the show you're listening to. And last time I left you, it was you and I and me and you. Just reiterating, you know, you've got to recap everything. And... um. I talked about my dog hair face, hair, dog, werewolf, me thing. And yeah, so what I was going to tell you, the story I was going to get into, but then I thought, you know what, let's just end it on the dog hair thing because that's that's a good spot to stop. And uh, what I was going to get into is the fact that I never understood why people pick their nose in the car. And I'm not saying I understand it now, but I am saying that I tried it and it's thrilling. Oh shit, here comes a sneeze. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Pardon me. Ooh. Yeah, so I picked my nose in the car and it was like, it was intense. It was like, yeah, I'm doing this. Can anybody see me? I don't know. It's like having sex in public, except uh, more disgusting and just more disgusting, really. Yeah. So I thought that was the best thing to happen to me last week, Thursday. It wasn't, it only got better. So I take my work truck into the gas station, I fill up the tank, I go inside, pay my bill, and I'm like, hey, I have a lottery ticket in my pocket. Why don't I check it? And I checked it, and in Canada, when you win something, it goes, woohoo, really loud, because in the past, pe people that worked at gas stations, I don't know why we trusted people who made minimum wage to check lottery tickets, because a lot of people got caught checking your ticket and keeping the money you won. Makes sense. Right? Sure it does. So, I didn't think of how many people didn't get caught that would do that. Oh, no, it's not a winner. You want your ticket back? No, no, just keep it. That's how it always goes. That's what everybody does. So now they have this big screen and it says, woohoo, and the amount you won. So I go up and it, go, it goes, woohoo, and I'm like, sweet, I want a free play. And I look up and it was $121 I won. And I was like, oh, and she's like, wow, that's great. Good for you. And I was like, wow. I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is crazy. She's like, congratulations. I said, yeah, I, I got I to gotta go quit my job, right? She's like, well, it's not that much money. I'm like, no, 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 this is a lot of money. If I can just live off the interest, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Ugh, nobody ever gets my jokes. Even you, I don't you even get them. So I'm like, woohoo. I took my 121 bucks and I realized that I'm married. So I took my 60 bucks <laughs> and, uh, I hit the road, man. I was, I was flying on air. I thought picking my nose in the car was like the most intense. I wouldn't use the term erotic, but I, it was like, I was like, I, get, I was getting away with something. Felt really good. Felt really good. I'm so glad I won that money. It's all gone. It's all gone. Today was an extremely productive day. And I'm going to tell you about it following this clip of me talking to you about me. I'm really sick of me. You guys must be too. But I promised I would do my best to put five podcasts out in five days. 
And here's one of them. I guess I should have done Monday to Friday, but I'm going to be busy. So I'll do Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then maybe I'll take the rest of the week off. Or maybe I'll just keep doing fucking podcasts because I've got a segment right now that's going to eat up, oh, I don't know, it's probably like 12 minutes long. And then I've got one from Daryl. So fuck, we're cruising. Hang on. What do I need to tell you right now? Okay, so I'm driving home from my mom's house. Malcolm's going to stay for a visit. I've got to go back to work and finish up my uh, mailman type duties, which I can't talk to you about because it's top secret. I've got Max to the right of me, and he's going for a haircut tomorrow, and I think he knows it because he's giving me dirty looks, and he looks a little stressed out, kind of just shaking like a little ragamuffin because he knows what's coming from. He's going to get his anal glands squeezed, and I almost feel bad about him, or feel bad for him. I don't really. So I, I choose to believe that in my old age, I can change my family. I feel that somehow if I put out good vibes and act like I care about our culture and how we raped and killed the indigenous peoples of Canada, which I mean, I don't feel solely responsible for, just like partially responsible uh, for that uh, type of activity. Uh, Okay. So I want to make sure that kind of stuff isn't lost on Malcolm. So I had this wonderful idea because when I was a little kid, I told you about this, we used to make tomato sauce from scratch, you buy, or in our case, we would grow a shit ton of tomatoes and make sauce. Like you put them through this uh, grinder thing and I would sing the la 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 song, except, or la 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 la, there. Except I fucking hate that because every time I talk about something remotely Italian, Sarah sings it to me and it makes me violent because it's irritating. So I just did it, but I figure she's already brought glitter into my home when I have a no glitter policy. Like there is a, there is a no glitter policy in my house and there is a lot of glitter in my house. Sure, under the guise of scrapbooking, but that stuff could go in my eye at any time. At any time that could be in my eye. Uh, right. So I had this genius idea that it would, you know, would be a fun family activity. My mom almost never comes over. I think she's been to my house three times and I thought it would be fun. We'd all sit around in a big table with the fucking mountains of tomatoes on it like we used to and core them and cut them in half, take the seeds out and jibber jabber and it would be wonderful. And before you know it, the tomatoes would be simmering on the stove and the smell would fill the house and we'd be filling hot jars with hot tomato sauce, like a fresh basil leaf inside and it'll be wonderful. It'll be the Italian version of Norman Rockwell a nice little Italian, Norman Rockwell-esque type painting of a bunch of chubby Italian women, four generations in the same house, three, is it three? Yeah, okay. <laughs> three generations of uh, wops doing wop-like things. And I thought it would be fun and it would be great. And I was mistaken because my mom is an asshole. She is a fucking asshole and I always forget it's like, this time it'll be different. This time she won't be an asshole. When it turns out, yeah, she's still an asshole. So we're trying to figure out how many cases of tomatoes to buy. They come in 50 pound cases. There are 25 bucks a box for tomatoes. And my mom's like, get six cases. And I thought, fuck, like, what are we gonna do with six? Like, that's a lot. How many, how many pounds is that? Okay, 25, that's a hundred and, no, 25, okay. So 50 pounds. 
times, yeah, it's 250 pounds of tomatoes. I just did the math. It's all around numbers. It should have been a little quicker, but it wasn't, and I don't care. So, like, what the fuck are we going to do with that, that many tomatoes? Like, that is a lot of tomatoes. And she said, well, get them, that's what I want. So we go there, I tell my sister, buy five. Because, like, we're not millionaires. I don't have fucking a bajillion dollars to spend on uh, jarred, making jarred sauce. I already have to spend almost $800 to buy someone else's jarred sauce, if you know what I mean. And what I mean is sperm. So I don't really have money to throw around on tomatoes here. And uh, she's, and I want to do this as an activity. I want to make enough for her, too. Like, I wanted to do all of the cases, like, put them through the processor and make sauce. And she said, no. I get the tomatoes home, and she said, no. I'm going to take my cases, which, by the way, I paid for, and uh, I'm going to put them in the freezer. And I said, why are you going to put them in the freezer? We're going to make sauce tomorrow morning. Like, why don't you just, let's do them all at once. No, these are mine. You're not going to tell me what to do. I'm putting mine in the freezer. And I said, you know what's going to fucking happen here, right, old woman? I'm going to come here next week. These boxes are still going to be sitting here in a pool of tomato rot all over the floor. That's what's going to fucking happen here. No, these are my tomatoes. You can't tell me what to do. And I said, listen, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I want you to come to my house and tell me what to do. It's your favorite fucking thing to do. Boss people around. It's, it's your favorite fucking thing. Why are you mad? Well, you're not telling me what to fucking do. And then she said, she said, I, I'm the boss. I used to tell your dad what to do. And I'm like, yeah. And he's dead now and happy about it to be away from you. Oh, fuck it. I'm lucky she laughed at that one because I could have went <laughs> either way. Uh, yeah. So I forget. I forget that my mom can be a total asshole. And I don't know why every time I always think it's going to be like some fun thing where we put on checkered aprons and laugh and everybody gets a little job. You know, I had a nice romantic... Uh, vision of what was going to happen and now I just I we just ended up getting into a big fight like a playful fight but still a fight because I just I wanted something happy to happen for once I wanted us to sit around and gab and shoot the shit and cut up these tomatoes and I thought it was going to be a good time I should have known that uh, my mom was going to flake out on me I should have known I had an appointment set for her my sister was going to take her to get a haircut and she said no and I'm like why didn't you go get your haircut I didn't feel like it Oh, okay, why not? Because I go when I want to go get a haircut. I'm like, you look like a fucking 100-year-old gypsy begging for money on the corner. And she's like, well, you're going to take me there and I'm going to die. I'm going to pass out and die. And I'm like, at least you'll die with a nice haircut. And you won't look like a fucking beggar. I thought that was going to cut her to her court. It isn't. Max is very concerned with my yelling in the car right now. He is very concerned. He doesn't know what's going on. He pissed in my house last time. He pisses in my house again. We're going to have uh, Max stew, if you know what I mean. What I mean is eating dogs. Well, I should have known. I should have known better. This is a big lesson for me. I'm really glad about it. The other lesson I should have learned is I am not a detective. Let's talk about it. So at work, we have mailman bags, and uh, we call them satchels. It's kind of an old folksy term. And uh, you put your mail in there and other, you know, mail-related accessories, which I cannot talk to you about because it's top secret. No one, no one, no civilian is allowed to know what we keep in our mailbags. No one. It's not happening. Manny the mailman won't tell you. Ask him. He's not spilling the beans here. You're not going to find out. So it's a personal item, I feel like. 
Because you kind of, they have like straps, because we have double satchels, or otherwise known as a dual satchel, where there's like a pouch on either side. So we have these big pads on their shoulders to, to help brace the weight. So your shoulders and your hips end up taking off the weight. It's not isolated on one area. And these pads get sweaty, and you sweat into these pads. And sometimes they're wet when you take it off because you've worked so hard in the heat. And I could have sworn I left my satchel at my case on Friday. Come in on Monday, ridiculously heavy day. I go to pull it out. It's not my satchel. I'm like, whose satchel is this? What do you mean? That's yours. No, it's not mine. Because mine, I had a particular kind of belt on it. I, it's a long story. I'm not going to get into all the ways I pimped out my satchel. But I did. And I'm like, this isn't mine. And I went around and I looked for fucking 10, 15 minutes for my satchel. And I'm asking around. I'm like, have you seen my satchel? Like, what are you talking about? It's right there. That's not mine. Well, how do you know it's not yours? What do you mean, how do I know it's not mine? It's not mine. Well, where did you leave it last? Oh, my fucking God. That's got to be one of the stupidest sentences ever to be uttered in the history of the fucking world. If, if I knew where I left it last, I'd be holding it, wouldn't I? Wouldn't I be fucking holding it right now? Oh. And Sanchez of old used to freak out a lot about little things. And now new Sanchez still freaks out a lot. But about slight, but about medium-sized things. And this to me is a medium-sized things. Maybe it's a medium to uh, large thing. Because it's like, it's like my satchel. I've got it set just right. I've got the straps set just where I like them. And I've sweated into the pads that go around my shoulders, which is next to my face, which had a big weird hair growing out of it. Hair in the wind. That's my nail impression. What do you think? Yeah? Okay. Big, white, two-inch-long, crimped dog hair growing out of my cheek. In case you missed last, the last episode, that's the crux of it. Okay. Albino Werewolf. Pretty good title. Pretty good title. Anyway, so now I'm freaking out about my satchel. I'm like, who has it? Who has it? No one's fessing up. Because I'm like, okay, well, maybe the person who shares the case with me took it by accident. That could happen. But no one ever came back for the other satchel. Where? Why? So if they took mine by mistake, it would be obvious because I have a different style uh, belt to clasp around my waist. It's not the regular one that comes with the bag. So you would have noticed, hey, this isn't mine. Whose is this? And brought it back. Why does this bag smell like garlic and feet on the shoulder straps where somebody has sweated into it? Because it's my satchel. It smells like me. Garlic and feet. That's me. My scent. Musky. So for mm, a solid week, I yelled, where's my satchel? For every, I don't know, seven minutes for about an hour and a half, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I scream this. Where's my satchel? And everyone's like, man, I don't know where your satchel is. Where? And then this guy beside me would be like, where's your satchel? And I'd be like, yeah, where's my satchel? And I'm just screaming like a fucking monkey. And then Thursday, after my shift, I come back and I look. There are now two satchels there. Hmm. I look at the, I look at the inside strap. Hmm. Looks like mine. I look inside. I had an extra holster for my scanner. Lo and behold, there it is, right where I had it sewn in. Hmm, it's my satchel. It is my satchel. Who took my satchel? Who took it? Who took it? Max, did you take my satchel? No, you didn't. Oh, you look greasy. Good thing you're getting a shave tomorrow. Uh, I don't know who stole my satchel. Someone is fucking with me. Must be. Like, what's the other explanation? Someone is definitely fucking with me. And I'm not a very good inspector. Encyclopedia Brown would have figured this shit out to me. 
Endless mystery. I don't know who took it. Someone is fucking with me. And now I have to bleach that thing, because if I were you and you were me, I'm masturbating onto, into, while wearing that satchel for spite. I have to bleach it, right? I don't want to run a blacklight over that fucking thing, because I'm going to be deathly afraid. So I'm upset. I've got to let it go. I'll never find out who took it. And honestly, I don't really care enough to keep looking. So, yeah, I guess that's it. That's gotta be about 25 minutes of nonsense. Oh, oh, please, can we talk about the midgets? Please, 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 can we talk about the midgets? Just really quickly. I don't often laugh so hard that I almost black out, but the, I was watching the midget show on TLC, Little People, Big World, right? So the little lady midget, uh, her and her little midget husband have split up. I don't know why, because where are they gonna find other 50-year-old midgets? I guess you could, I guess you could, yeah. Little people, whatever, yeah. Uh, so they've split up now, and she's trying to do things on her own. So they had this thing where like, it's a new thing that people do, they call them pop-up restaurants. You go into a restaurant, you create your own menu, and uh, you execute it, and I don't know, maybe her stuff went to charity, I, I don't know what the fuck, maybe she put it into uh, high heels, she needs to buy herself some high heels. Maybe that's what she did with the money, I'm not entirely sure. So I'm watching this show, and if you can catch it, sweet baby Jesus, Try not to laugh. So she's in the kitchen, and I've worked in a kitchen. I've worked in several kitchens. They're hot. Kind of dangerous for a midget to be just kind of rolling around in there. So she's all excited. They show her she's frying these scallops. She gets them just so after fucking them up three or four times. And she's got this plate of what she considers beautifully plated food. And she's holding it, and she goes walking. And this waitress comes in. And imagine you're the waitress. You're looking around. You don't see anyone. You keep walking. Because this midget is at crotch level. And when you enter a room, I mean, sure, there is peripheral vision. But if you're hustling around and you're trying to go get something, boom, she walks right into the midget. The plate hits the midget's chest all down her shirt, right? I couldn't stop laughing. I'm like, oh, my God. And she's talking about how, you know, it's kind of dangerous to be a little person in a kitchen because you're little. Yeah, uh-huh. Right. Yeah, midgets and fire and uh, poorly educated people. I'm sure you're going to be fine. No one, no one, no problem whatsoever. I'm sure they won't light torches and try and kill you with a pitchfork in a pickup truck. They won't, they won't do that in a pickup truck. They won't chase you, there'll be no lynching. There will probably be lynching, just so you're aware. Okay, so that got me fucking laughing. And about 10 minutes before that on the show, the other, the boy midget who was coming to help his mom drops like a whole tray of lettuce for the salads all over the floor and I couldn't stop laughing. And then the, the midget walks into the waitress, boom, she's wearing that fucking entree. And then, they show the midget climbing some stairs. And at first I'm laughing because she's like, it's hard for her to climb stairs. And she's probably sweaty and tired and hot because that's what kitchens are all about. So she's climbing up the stairs. She gets to the top of one landing. She's like, oh, I'm out of shape. Turns the corner, <laughs> bangs the tray into the stairwell railing and it goes all over the floor. <laughs> and she goes, oh, oh, cause she had just finished walking into that fucking waitress and now all of the appetizers are all over the floor. Oh, I couldn't stop fucking laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. I know it's not funny now and it's one of those you had to be there things, but it was just like, because it went from the boy midget to the girl midget getting the fucking <laughs> plate all over her chest. And then she's going up the stairs huffing and puffing because she can barely do the stairs. Oh, I'm out of shape. Oh, and she's all mad because <laughs> she spilled the appetizers all over the floor. <sighs> okay, well, that's enough of me. Here's more me to introduce more me. You're welcome. Okay, here's a really shitty audio clip of the midget walking up the stairs. And then if you listen really carefully, you can hear her drop everything to the ground and me laughing like an idiot.
I could have like quite literally made another nine minutes of me laughing because I rewound that at least 15 times. It made me laugh so hard. I cried in that high pitched laugh that I that you've come to know and love so well. You're welcome. All right. I'm going to get uh, Daryl in here right now. Give you a little verbal kiss. Hey, Sandra, it's Daryl. I thought I'd take a cue from you and send you a segment from my car. Um, it's been busy here, and I've taken a while to catch up with your podcast. And, and um, the last time that I was listening, about four episodes ago, you you mentioned that you had a selfish lover. And uh, I felt that we were kindred spirits in that regard, that we were kind of giving in the bedroom and uh and that kind of lends itself to being stepped on a little bit sometimes and i have a story about a a girl i used to date um starting out in high school the i used to ask out some girls that were kind of the movie star pretty and uh, none of them want to go out with me so then i decided that uh my type of girl was more of a cute, smart, with some kind of a intensity about her that was kind of undefined, and and uh, so I t- then I started dating more of the the Velmas instead of the Daphnes, and um, so this girl meets that description, and and I I. Uh, started dating her and she was a child of a single mom and and you know after doing a couple of evenings on the couch watching tv and such we we migrated to the bedroom and and we were quote studying and so you got these two 16 year olds kind of feeling their way through each other's bodies and I uh, well, I should have had a red flag right off the bat that when I tried to kiss her open mouth the first time, she just said, "I'm really picky about what I put in my mouth." You know, she wouldn't even accept my tongue, and <clears throat> I'm worried that maybe she had a creepy uncle or something to try to slip her tongue one time, and that freaked her out for for the rest of her life or something but um so our relationship evolved over the next few months to where uh, you know we'd start kissing and hands would roam and the moment that I touched any of her erogenous zones basically she just flopped down on her back like a dog like pet my belly you know and and it was time for me to go to to go to work and um so i did a lot of muff diving for until my until my neck hurt you know but um but she would never reciprocate at all at all and the other thing about her was there was really no emotion to this relationship. Uh, I always entered dating with the 
possibility that I was meeting the future Mrs. Daryl, and she never acted like there was anything to this. And so after months of doing uh, one-way sex, I thought that I'd seen the light at the end of the tunnel because we consented to try to have intercourse. And uh, so I was really looking forward to that, as you can imagine. And uh, unfortunately, I encountered some kind of vulcanized hymen or something. I mean, there was no entering her whatsoever. Um, I basically invented planking. Uh, <laughs> if you can imagine what I'm talking about. Um, and it didn't happen. And uh, so shortly thereafter, she just suggested that I take a friend of hers to the prom, like like she didn't care about me at all, and I was done. I mean, it's one of those things you look back on it and go, well, that's probably the best after all. But, yeah, this guy had uh, three or four months there of no release at all, and and uh, I, I feel for you as a, as a generous lover. And uh, so... I hope that gives you something to chat about. Thanks. Bye. Great job, Daryl. Thanks for communicating your emotions so well. I really appreciate that. Uh, I wrote down some notes. Um, I started with uh, she she showed really no emotion. Uh, you had sex only and one-way sex at that. I think you were a little bit more emotionally invested in this relationship. And she pawned you off. On her friend. Daryl, I've got some upsetting news for you. Daryl, you're a woman. Yeah. You're the stereotypical woman in this relationship. How does it feel? I'll let you think about that for a minute. Okay, so vulcanized hymen. I do have a question about that. Because now we have this wonderful ability to spy on people. It's pretty amazing. It's called Facebook. You just look people up. Does she have a husband? Does she have children? Did something come out of there? Do you think she was just clenching so tightly and you were trying to be so gentle there was just no getting in? And like, why did she agree to that if she didn't want to do it? I don't get it. I don't get it. But um, I have, uh, I like that vulcanized time and that's pretty funny. I, I've, I've had my share of going down on a woman so long that you get like lockjaw or TMJ, or whatever. Um, one such instance, uh, it was a fairly new relationship, because, you know, I date around not very much, but it was new at the time, and I made the mistake of snickering to myself. Like, things were getting places. There was, you know, increased moaning going on, and things were starting to progress, which I was so thankful for at the time, because I was kind of drunk and a little bit tired, and I, I'm not going to lie. I have fallen asleep while going down on a girl. It happened. I'm not proud of it. And it happened. And okay, this is a two different stories going here. But what actually happened in one case, which one do you want to hear? The one where I fall asleep in someone's crotch or 
where I made the mistake of snickering. Okay, let's go snicker. Get, well, sure, let's get that one done first. It, you know, you're right. Totally makes sense. I hope you like that I talk to you because I feel like I should because I'm alone and it's painful sometimes. It hurts. I wish, you know, I got to get my Skype shit together. Then I can Skype Rose. We can make all this shit happen. I could Skype myself. That would be funny. Yeah, because we don't get enough me. There's not nearly enough me. Okay, so as far as the uh, pussy munching with the with the snickering, I I again was drunk as I'm liable to do when I first start relationships because I'm insecure and stupid and I don't think my sober personality is at all good and it's not. Let's face facts here. So I would drink to excess, which doesn't lead to the best sexual performance, even for a lesbian. Like I know guys, you have a whole other world of pressure, but for me, I, I need to be coordinated. I need my hand eye mouth coordination intact. I need to be able to function on that level. And drinking a lot, it doesn't work well for me personally, because I always have whiskey dick. My fingers always erect. They never go down really, unless they're curled around a beer, in which case. However, so this girl's moaning, things are happening. I'm very happy about it because it's already been a half hour and that's kind of a long time, but maybe girls get kind of like a whiskey dick where they're not as sensitive in the pants area. But this girl, she's the one that had the Picasso vagina and I just, I couldn't fucking figure out where anything was. So for all I know, I was licking her belly button because I didn't know what the hell was going on down there. I had no fucking idea. So maybe that, maybe it's my problem. Maybe I needed to realign myself. Maybe I needed to, you know what I should have done? I should have had, you know, in the olden days when you'd go and buy a pattern and it would be like kind of like on a carbon copy type paper that you could see through what I should have done in hindsight. Here's what I should have done. I should have outlined, uh, you know, when you, when you, when you take uh, health class and they have that spread eagle thing of a woman's, like a cutout of a woman's vagina. So I could have traced that and brought that, brought that to the woman whose vagina I could tell head nor tails of. I didn't know what the fuck was going on there. I think it was upside down. It must have been like built upside down. Something happened. Maybe she was in like some kind of, some kind of spill Maybe there was some kind of hazardous material. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I should have brought one, a proper one, and then just kind of laid that on top so I could get myself readjusted with what, what I should be looking for. Because I still don't even know. I mean, as far as I know, she, she had a Barbie crotch. There was nothing down there. I, I, don't, I, don't, I still don't know. Anyway. So I'm getting fucking nowhere. I'm tired. My neck hurts. This is just no fun. So I totally sympathize with you, sir. I totally understand. And something struck me so funny. And for the love of Christ, I do not remember what it was. It was at a very crucial time. And that snicker put her out. Like it put her off her game. So now she's kind of like in her own head. And it's, yeah, it's uh, needless to say, long story, extra long. Uh, that snicker cost me, I, I don't know, somewhere between an hour and two hours more of, of that particular activity that's a long time when you're drinking. Like I had to pee. I was tired. I couldn't really focus anymore on the situation. I just, I'm assuming sometimes how everyone feels in my head. I'm screaming, just come already. Just fucking come already. And it's one of those instances where I wish she would have faked an orgasm so we could just have gotten on with our lives, but nope, no, I couldn't do that. Cause I mean, whatever. I, I mean, I, I don't think I've been faked upon 
But really, doesn't everybody feel that way? And really, if you get everyone's... Here's the funny thing. Because I'm a lesbian, so I'm a little bit of... I'm, I'm a little bit in a boys club, very tiny bit, not very much. But women will tell me a lot. So I work with these guys. Like when I worked in one of these kitchens, I was the only woman. Half a woman, whatever I am. And it's funny to me because you work with these guys and they're like, yeah, I fucking reeled my girlfriend so hardcore last night. Fuck, we went at it forever. And then sometimes said girlfriend would be at the bar drinking, waiting for her boyfriend to get off shift. And I would be done first and he would be closing the kitchen. So I'd go down and I'd have a beer with her or whatever. And it'd be really interesting because sex always comes up in conversation with me. Weird, right? Riddle me that. And I'd be like, yeah, I heard about last night. She's like, oh, really? I was like, yeah. 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 It was, uh, he was watching TV. And uh, yeah, it was about six minutes. I was like, oh, really? Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, whatever. Anyway, I don't know what the fuck the point of telling you that was, but the snickering cost me an hour and a half. And uh, sometimes it's okay to fake an orgasm. That's the moral of that story, I think. Because I really wish I would have had that hour and a half back. Like, I really almost peed my pants. And I really just didn't want to do it anymore. But I felt like I had to finish the job. Because that's what Bob the Builder would do. He would have reconstructed her vagina with, like, scaffolding and some Play-Doh, maybe a little silly putty to kind of prop things up where they should be instead of that saggy, wrinkly mess. She, man, she was like a chow-chow down there. What were those wrinkly dogs called? You know the wrinkly dogs? Yeah. She was a wrinkly dog down there. Anyway, and then the other time when I fell asleep in a, in a lovely lady's lap, um, again, more alcohol, again, a new relationship. And I was working a lot. I was working a tremendous amount. And this was like the fourth night in a row of going to bed at three and waking up at six. Fourth night. I'm done. I'm absolutely, totally exhausted. And this was going on. And it was, it was I think it was the very first time that we had horsed around in that sense, sexually, you know, in the sexual sense, intimately, right? And I, I just, I, I just couldn't do it. I was like in like a rhythm with my tongue, and the rhythm was slowly lulling me to sleep. And at some point, I, I, I think I, I, um, I fell asleep for a split second, and uh, I bobbed when I should have weaved, and I sucked and accidentally bit on her. On her vagina a little bit uh maybe a lot so much so that she kind of screeched and sat up yeah a little bit of a squeal there a little little uncomfortable um yeah not my proudest moment but uh okay well it happened okay i can't lie about it it happened truth is the truth is the truth that's what happened okay i don't know where do we go from here we gotta stop now right I got to do four more of these fucking things and this is 35 minutes, but I've got a segment from Gary Christ and one from rainbow. So I figure if I do Gary's one, that'll be five minutes and rainbow. I'm not too sure how long hers is. So that's two shows down right there. Awesome sauce. Okay. So if you need me, you can find me somewhere and, uh, yeah, Sandra D Sanchez, not sandwich Sandra D Sanchez on Twitter and Facebook change of address facebook page emails change of address 69 gmail.com and before i go uh it's tails tails is his wedding day today so congratulations to her lovely young lady beautiful bride tails looked lovely or handsome i don't know she was in a suit i thought it looked really nice on her so congratulations many more anniversaries to come i hope and if you ever want to have kids don't ask me because i'm an idiot
Um, so congratulations. Wonderful. Great. Happiness, young love. It's a beautiful thing. All right, that's it. I'm going to leave you with a song that Rebecca posted on my Facebook page that I thought was funny. And uh, yeah, have a good weekend. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Between a tractor and a digger I express like the best from these holes in my chest Wear my nursing bra like a bulletproof vest Got my bitches at my side and my hose in the back I spot my sexy handbag for a snot-stained sack My decor was smart, my taste was extra picky Now my surfaces are cluttered and nearly always sticky Work versus home is a mental combination With my elbows deep in infant defecation Wipe the sick off my coat but the smell still lingers Gave up on real food Eat leftover fish fingers Once we talk about our lives Now the conversation switches We compare cesarean scars Of pisciotomy stitches It's the motherhood Breastfeed is a crime. Try to get my bod back with some yoga lattes. Hit up this Zumba class. Swing by these new Pilates. I'm on an Atkins hype. On a keto diet. I try avoid the bread so I nearly never buy it. Pop a nappy on his butt without a change in math. CBB's now my crew and I'm tight with postman pats. Sleep deprived and under house arrest. Think I'd sell both kidneys just to get some rest. Spent three months in PJs. It was clearly a sign. Joined a book club just so could drink some wine my sterilizer's so dope all my bottles be gleaming i got a blender at the back so i can start a filming Peacemaker.